Commerce Famous, the bi-weekly podcast all about e-commerce and retail. In each episode, your host Ben Marks cuts through the clutter and takes you straight to the stories and experiences of those who shape digital commerce as we know it today. While their names and faces might not be recognized on the street, each of Ben's guests are famous for commerce or commerce famous. Without further ado, your host, Ben Marks. Welcome to the Commerce Famous Podcast. This is your host, Ben Marks. I normally kick this off with a bit of an intro here, but I have a feeling anyone listening to my podcast has probably heard my guest today, Brian Lang from Future Commerce, on either a previous podcast or their own podcast, or you've seen him on stage, or... Oh, Brian, uh, this has been a long time coming. Welcome to the Commerce Famous Podcast. How are you? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to be here. It's been, uh, you know, it's been, you and I have, we've danced around, been to many a conference together. Um, many. And, you know, <laughs> you know, just in the old days and the new days. So we've, you know, we've got a lot of context and it's probably going to be a challenge for us to just make sure that we're not, you know, we're not, uh, <laughs> we're not invoking too much of that context without, without bringing the, uh, the listeners along with us. But we'll try. You know, I, I got to say, it was interesting. I, I've never, I never actually, you know, I, I knew you from, uh, from the agency days, but I, I didn't really know much about your history. History, um, coming up into into the space, but 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 before I dig back oh, into yeah, history, of course, <laughs> you are part of this this media, this burgeoning media <laughs> empire in the commerce space, future commerce, and folks. Really, if you found your way to the Commerce Famous podcast, you and you're not already paying attention to everything that the folks at Future Commerce are doing. You really should. They are, yeah. you know, disclosure, you know, we've, we've done, we've worked together yes. in, in paid engagements and everything, but, but even aside from that, the, the amount of value that, that future commerce is bringing into, um, you know, into the space, just really the, the analysis, the, um, the, the, the forecasting, the, uh, even just the celebration of what's happening in commerce. It's, it's really, it's, it's, it's always informative and often inspiring. So Sheesh. I have to just, I just have to, to give you just an, an, a straight up honest plug oh, from that standpoint. That's too right? kind. So we're, 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 so we're folks, out again, there if anything. <laughs> and so folks, again, like if you haven't, if you haven't, if that's not enough of, of a, of a call to action, just, just send me an email. I'll, <laughs> I'll give you a tailored invite to go <laughs> sign up for, for future for future commerce. But uh, you know, but Brian, so you know, you've you've had a lot of roles in this space, just like so many of the guests that I've had on uh, on so yeah. far. Um, you know, you started. It seems like I think you, if I, if what I read was correct, you you kind of started 2010s um, in in this space. Did it did it go back at all earlier? Yeah, t- yeah, t- 2009, sort of. I was in like a payments payments business it was like a payments and data startup out in seattle that's kind of my first touch with commerce and um had like a there was like a bill pay tool um and there was like a a data like it was a data storage and doc like organization tool um for like uh historic documents in a business and you know data that they needed to keep track of that they needed to you know, um, digitize or like combine digital and physical. Uh, cause it was back in the day, that was a big problem. Um, it was still a lot of, uh, emphasis on 
on physical and a lot of people just still using physical documents. Uh, even for payments, checks were still a big deal back when I graduated yeah. from college, which is crazy. I guess I'm getting really old now. I felt like I when I when I graduated I was like, who uses checks? But like a lot of people still <laughs> use checks. Yeah, yeah, we're seeing. I mean, I've got a. I've, there's a uh, a payments guru who uh, shares kind of an office space in this in this building, and uh, yeah, it's interesting just even listening to him talking about some of the the modernization of of, of payments. It just you know, this is the kind of stuff that we're seeing. That we're seeing. We're seeing uh, especially you know where what's the most the most laggard sector B two B right so B two B for the longest time in, in in you know because you you know after so after this time I mean you you again you went through many roles you ended up in the agency I did role. yeah. And, and, and you ended up there at a time when, 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 you know, the, the oft used phrase digital transformation was really, uh, was really starting to hit, uh, and, and really, really hit for, for B2B. Uh, now the operating theory, I think, and you, I've had other, other guests comment on this and maybe you can chime in on as well is that like basically kids who have grown up with, with the internet as always being a thing. And then more and more these days, like with, with always having mobile you know, access to, to the mobile web, um, they started bringing their their buying expectations, their shopping expectations from their normal, That's right. their B2C experiences into the B2B journey. Is that, does that kind of match with what you all have seen? Yeah, totally. So this is, again, like 15 years ago, we're here, we're talking. Uh, when I first came <laughs> into it, uh, that's exactly what was happening. In fact, the the mobile web, uh, in, you know, it was just getting it started. And there was a, always a big debate: like, uh, do you design a mobile website, or really should we all be looking towards this new responsive idea? Right. And this is this is yeah. back, you know, ten plus years ago. And actually, um, <laughs> I think you were at Magento when I was at an agency that ended up working really closely with Magento to build the first native responsive theme that they had. And like, I was a huge part of that project. Um, that, that theme that, uh, that Magento, like their native theme ended up becoming them. I believe the most adopted res- mobile or re- re- responsive commerce theme in the world, uh, for a, a brief yeah. period, um, wild times back then. And now, now it's like everyone like moved to mobile first. And now we're like moving beyond that to like, AI pin first. Uh, no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, God, don't, don't you dare. I'm having the editors cut that out. My gosh. <laughs> Commerce Famous is proudly presented by Shopware, the leading open source e-commerce platform for mid-market and lower enterprise merchants. More than 50,000 clients already process over $25 billion in annual GMV through Shopware. Find out more about Shopware and the best value in e-commerce at shopware.com. I wish I could. I wish I could collect money for something like that and then deliver. <laughs> I, th- what, I saw it described as a uh, as like sort of a, a GPT interface with like a Timu a Timu projector. <laughs> <laughs> I talk, talk about, I mean, I didn't, I'm glad, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad there's still some money out there for people to, to, to swing for the fences, I guess. I, I know it's interesting. It's early, but actually I, I, I believe in the idea of, of gadgets coming up. Uh, we're going to see more disparate devices, uh, you know, and I'm getting into future projections. I'm from future commerce. Like I, I've said this a little <laughs> bit on the show before on the, on the future commerce podcast, but like, uh, gadgets and and more specific devices 
And we don't think of them that way. Like the idea of a gadget's like feels like from the 1950s, but like the your your AirPods are a gadget. <laughs> um, we, oh, yeah. we are we're seeing like compute happen in distinct devices that are going to merge into ecosystems. And so I think we, we're going to see more of this. It's, it's going to see exactly. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. If you're looking at the video feed, he just pulled up yeah. all three pairs of his AirPods. Um, well, I don't. I didn't. I didn't have my my latest gen AirPods with me. <laughs> so, long story short, like I uh, I I think it, having some sort of AI first interactive uh, device is. It's probably in our future in some way. I don't know if it's going to be an always-on device because that's going to take some adoption uh, for a while. That's, that's going to take a minute. <laughs> well, so I, I like I like that you call out. So you know, again, and folks, you know, we talk about the the, the topic of com of commerce famous. Like, so the idea is that we bring people in who you know who've been around the space for a little while, and and it's really my you know whether it's a whether you call it a straw man or something else, but the, the, the goal is to sit there and explain to someone who's like brand new to commerce that's coming into, especially like the E part of commerce, um, you know, today without the historical context, like why are things the way yeah. they are? And you know, how did they get here? And then, and ideally if we look at this stuff, how do we, how, how can we use that to understand where we're going now? AirPods are a perfect example of this, right? So you think about the major disruptions that have happened, uh, like true disruptions, you know, you know, Someone, someone holds up, uh, was uh, Steve Jobs holding up a, an iPhone? Right. Like for the first time. Okay. That, that an entire, an entire class, an entire economy, you know, billions, tr trillions, whatever these, these gadgets that then become just, you know, I, I, you and I, Brian, we walk through airports regularly. Um, not, it's not just AirPods that people have in their ears, but, but what, what AirPods sort of carved out, created those things like that is that that is now part of our our day to day, and and you know it was interesting. <laughs> you got yeah, yours. Google it was interesting, and when we were at this, we were at the retail summit com conference. Um, uh, great series of conferences, by yes. the way. If if one if one comes to your town, you absolutely should do it. Uh, in in Austin, uh, just a couple weeks ago, and on, actually, I was I don't know if you saw me in the audience. I was like I was actually scribbling. I was trying to hold up a sign for you because they were talking about <laughs> someone on, on on the panel that you were participating in. <laughs> Was talking about you know oh you know maybe well you know soon we're gonna have like biometrics in in and all this other stuff and I'm like yeah. it's already here yeah it's already here because it's already you in think your about phones. it yep it, exactly so someone walk you know they, this was in the context of payments and I'm just like well that, I think it was in the context but someone walks up you know it, it happens today and it's it's now finally getting more and more popular in the U S but like I can go I can go you know the gas station or something I can I can hold up my phone I can authenticate biometrically and I can pay. Yep. Um, and, and it, but what was interesting to me was that was a, that was a group of very successful, very intelligent business operators on that panel with you. And, and, and it seemed like that point was actually kind of lost among them, but, and it just, that just goes to show how, how the really great transformative tech, it just, it slides, just it just comes slides in right so in your naturally. DMs. It just comes right in. Yep, it, it slides it just, it, into your right normal there. life. <laughs> And that's also one of the things that I think you all at, at, at Future Commerce are really good at pulling out is is sort of recognizing these these major you know epochs right these, these moments in time and and the, and the the things that are happening around them it's hard to it's hard to notice these things as they're happening as you're living inside them but you know from your perspective like so you, again you've been through this transition from 
you know, getting, getting started out, but then quickly getting in, you know, getting into this kind of position to sort of get a broad lay of the land, um, you know, in, in, from the agency perspective. And then you've had, you've, you know, you've dabbled in some other, some other, more payments, uh, <laughs> more payments, <laughs> more payments, minor other, you know, small employers out there. Um, you know, what are, what are the other transformative things that, that you think that, 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 that stick out for you in, in the last, in the last couple of years. And I'm asking you that question mostly to help frame the follow-up, which is where is this all headed? Right. Well, I think what, what happened was, you know, we, you and I both came up through the world of, you know, open source commerce, right? That that was the de facto, that was really the only like logical way to build commerce when, when it first started. And, and then we saw this rise of, you know, something called uh, SaaS. <laughs> and this is the past, you know, five years that we've been on. SaaS has sort of dominated the landscape because it was easier for uh, simple brands to jump on board and, and sell. And it, was, and it was also the rise of Amazon. So marketplaces. Marketplaces and SaaS software provided venues for all kinds of new entrepreneurs or products to be sold or ways to engage in commerce that just weren't accessible before. Um, and I think this has been good for the commerce ecosystem. It's provided a lot more talent and excitement and like an energy. Um, what, what has this done for, you know, you know, for, for commerce and the enterprise? And also what does this mean for commerce in the future? There's a lot to talk about where this is headed next. Um, but I, I, I do think it's interesting, you know, you and I both came out of, of that world. Um, we've seen that world kind of move up market, maybe abandon the down market because of SaaS software. Um, but there's, there's a whole set of brands out there that are still, kind of caught in a middle world. And um, I think there's a, a huge opportunity for, for transformation as, as, uh, as SaaS software maybe hasn't met every need. You brought up B2B. Like, it's been a challenge. Uh, B2B companies haven't been able to adopt Shopify very well. It's been a, uh, almost impossible. So that's, a, that's an interesting point because, you know, one of the, you know, we... Obviously, I, I've been working for you know e- either with or for open source commerce platforms for for a long time now, and you know as I think I've said more than once on this on this podcast, and, and certainly said more than once in person, I'm more than happy to recommend a SaaS solution. In fact, if I would argue any time that uh, someone's requirements y- y- more or less um, allow them you know, either to, to, to work straight ahead with a SaaS platform, or if they can just, you know, give up some requirements or adjust some things, adjust workflow and and adapt themselves to a SaaS, to a SaaS platform. It's really hard to argue against the sort of the, the the robustness now, now, but that comes with serious limitations, right? Because you have to understand where you're headed. You have to understand how you're going to have to differentiate. And what we know you know, what we know, both know from experience, what this, what I think this whole commerce solution marketplace knows is that, you know, at, at, you know, anywhere along any scale, um, but, but generally as you start as a, as a merchant or you know, brand starts to get bigger and bigger, their requirements just, you know, the, they just have arbitrary needs. Now, SAS does what it does because it creates the box yep. and, and you really try and fit in yep. that box. But everyone, you know, whereas I think everyone should try and be on a SaaS platform and uh, SaaS platforms want to be <laughs> the platform that everyone's on. There's a reason 
and that Shopify, you know, still doesn't, you know, only has a, a, a small minority of total that's business. An, that's in, an overestimation. In, ben. In, in, <laughs> and, 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 and then, and then, you know, you talk about B2B. Holy yeah, crap. That that's right. is, that is, it is, it is so artisanally nuanced. The B2B that's requirements. Correct. It's amazing to me. And that's what we, that's what that's, you know, I think that, 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 that kind of gets to the heart of what it does. Yeah. Is. And I, and I, I like, I'm itching to tell you what, what this, what the implications for the future are here. Uh, it's okay. Good, 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 good. This is the time where I can talk about that. Well, before I do that, just as a refresher, future commerce and what we do is really look into the, look, look to, um, commerce and culture and see where they intersect and that helps us understand what the future of commerce is going to be. Um, and technology uh, isn't it isn't either of those categories. But what technology allows for is change in both those categories. It gives opportunity for those things to shift. But it's really commerce and culture, the why behind where we purchase and what we purchase it's not it's not the where and the what it's the why behind um and so we're our whole focus is understanding how people operate how they think yeah. why they're doing what they're doing and that helps us understand what's coming next um and so um we do that through a number of different channels podcasts you've mentioned but also through through written we send out three newsletters a week we do reports like the one we did with you on the state of ai and commerce which i will get to in a minute it was an incredible report okay. um we do uh you know um events and we bring people together um through our salons and, and our larger events and yeah <laughs> you guys are like an art you have like this thing at art basil down in uh miami yes right? Yes, absolutely. Come. It's called Muses. It's a three-day event at Art Basel, December sixth through eighth in Miami. It is the. It's really a look at humanity plus commerce, and 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 from an artistic perspective. And now, who who's the who is the who's the right person for for who like who's the right audience member? Yeah. So uh, people that come to Art Basel uh, typically are looking toward art. Uh, to help them determine how people are operating and have get inspiration for how to ins- you know engage with their customers um, and and understand what their customers like are finding compelling and so that's why our event this year is called Muses because what we're talking about uh, and what we're what what we're building an event around is this idea that. Um, there's the the nine classical muses from you know mythology, right? And and or like Selma Hayek in Dogma, <laughs> right? Exactly, exactly. And so there's these there's these ideas that people that used to be you know inspiration didn't come just from within, but like you you look to this this goddess as a way to like go find mm-hmm. what you're what what actually inspires you to go do things and to create and to purchase and to live and 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 experience life. Well, brands in many ways have stepped into the the role of a modern muse inspiring us to travel and to create and to build and to you know um and and or at minimum they're champions of these modern muses. Of, of wanderlust, you know, and, and things like that. 
And not to, not to, I mean, and maybe not, maybe I'm taking it a little bit yeah. too deep here, but isn't the, tr- isn't the real trick though, that, you know, the inspiration was inside of you all along, right? So that's, it's this, it's this, it's this, you could say circuitous or virtuous, yes. um, you know, sort of externalization of the self, like, right. but in this, in this relationship and, and maybe the remarkable thing is that, is that the brand and, and the, the, the brand, the connection, the buying experience have all gotten to the place where we actually feel like we can relate to, you know, to, to, I mean, I'm coming dangerously no, you, close you, you're to nailing that, this. That, you're that nailing brands this. Brands are our God, but okay. Oh, wow, well, cool. and, and, and in many ways, well, you know, we've talked about this a lot. Uh, the sacraments of commerce is a, is one of the visions yeah. themes actually shopware was a part of last year um, that we, that we explored, yeah, yeah. but um, you, you're dead on about identity. Uh, and who we are playing into this. We actually, so last year when we had Art Basel, we released this book at our, at a, a big event at Art Basel Archetypes, called Archetypes. Yeah. And it is all about identity and, and self and, and connection and the headspace that brands take up in our story. But often we want to get caught up in something bigger than ourselves and entrust our identity to something bigger than ourselves. And so Muses is all about that thing that we then can entrust ourselves to. This leads very nicely into what I see all of this movement in e-commerce leading to. And Philip uh, Jackson, my co-founder, and I, uh, we we have uh, invested in this idea called the multiplayer brand. The problem with the SaaS ecosystem is that yeah. it has created this world of sameness. It's every and and it's it's every everything. Every e-commerce experience, if you take the header and logo off of a commerce experience, your 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 you know homepage or your browsing experience yep. or your PDP, yeah. you can't even tell what company it is. Everything feels the yes. same. And even when you flip the this the blinders off and you look at that that header and you look at that logo, we're seeing a world in which Brands have gone to market with a single idea of who they are and what they represent and how they that what like their their story. And we've built up these yeah. brand bibles and brand police around what that story is. But the th- the problem with that is, Ben, your version of Nike is not my version of Nike, and it's it's you know, and it's not you know Philip's version of my Nike. Like it's. We all have these different viewpoints because we've experienced the brand in our daily lives and our context in different ways. And so the, the way um, we just do it is different. <laughs> it's the way we do it's different. That's right. And so we talked about personalization, but there, there's actually a yep. bigger story going on. It's this idea of the participatory economy, uh, this idea of hyperstition, actually, that it's it's not superstition. It's hyperstition. Hyperstition is the idea you that gotta, you're going to have to define that for us. You can that people now have a uh, such a strong voice in the world that they can actually create the future through belief. And through discussion. So um, an example of this in wow. brand what, or, or in the world recently uh, is is uh, kind of what happened with the Superman movie that got released uh, a, a while back, a few years back. And we wrote an article about this. Um, so Zack Snyder made the Superman movie, but then when the studio took over, they just kind of like the edit, they kind of like pushed Snyder out they did this terrible edit that made the movie feel soulless and unartistic. And people were like, 
This is not Zack Snyder. This is not this is not what we were looking for out of this movie. Bring back the Snyder cut because they heard that all of his edits had you know been scrapped and had been basically re recut and and so the studio eventually actually re released the movie as the Snyder cut as like a full theatrical release and like sort of bent their their the way that they did business to the crowd the fans the fans had a yeah. bigger voice in the future of the superman franchise than even uh dc did <laughs> um in many ways and so there's examples of this all over i uh, uh, there was the cereal straw that was resurrected due to you know fans coming back and demanding it uh <laughs> yeah. there was the um, the, the grimace shake, but which actually came out after we sort of pioneered this idea that 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 you know McDonald's said the sort of happy birthday meal for grimace, but people took that and they ran with it. And the grimace shake in particular that came with that meal had a whole like aesthetic and storyline that was fan driven that was well beyond. The happy birthday campaign that McDonald's brought. and that wasn't even the only yeah. one because they brought back Szechuan sauce. I'm I'm certain yes. because of no no no, no it was right? it was clearly yeah it was a hundred percent yeah so the the, the what we're seeing is that f- like fans and creators and the people that are in like get connected to these brands these cultural brands are actually having a bigger impact on the scope of the brand. So what we can get more into what this means from a very like very like practical standpoint here in a sec, but you were going to say something. Uh, sorry, I cut you off. Well, well, so, I mean, you know, well, this could be a 15 hour yes. podcast. I'm yes. sure just based on the time <laughs> that we spent together. However, I don't have any bourbon. In my mouth, so, um, <clears throat> but uh, when you're describing, so this, this, these, this, this seems like a, a sort of a, a step, a step into the future it is right because you have you have you have uh you have people saying hey this is what we want now the cool thing is that studios are aware at all uh but 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 people are emboldened because because you know we we the the idea of 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 me as the main character uh this this is pervasive now i'm stating that objectively this may be a good or a bad thing depending on your experience with with influencers and the like but um this this is like almost uh, a stepping point into what I think we're going to see with uh, you know with with advances in technology, in, in display technology, in in speed of uh, speed of response, adaptation. Exactly with AI. That's right. Right. So so the bending you know way like I mean and you can almost imagine like going if people are still going to theaters in twenty years to see something other than Taylor Swift concerts. <laughs> um, Oh, you could even take the Taylor Swift call. You know, the 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 real time adaptation of media or you know production whatever in in and it somehow is connecting directly with the consumer. It is right, and so so you might have ten people in a room looking at the same thing, but somehow this thing is transformed um, as it's being delivered to the person. That that to me is just I I I almost can't believe it. But given the advances we've seen, just even in the last twelve months. I can totally exactly. And so what does this mean practically for, for brands and retailers? Well, it means providing experiences to help facilitate that connection directly with customer. Um, you've heard of dark mode, right? Like 
switching your phone to dark mm-hmm. mode. But at Future Commerce, we talk about this idea of dork mode. Um, and um, <laughs> imagine uh, imagine what the Home Depot website would look like if it was set to dork mode. Um, uh, the we gave it the brutalist Gen Z aesthetic. Uh, or, 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 the, you know, whatever the aesthetic is, what if brands had more <laughs> exactly you gotta go read this article. This is good. The, the Mr. Good Lee's one. cars of home Depot. I mean, you were just on stage with the guy from home Depot, right? Right. No, for real. So, uh, I, I think the opportunity to, to speak more specifically to the archetypes of people that, that are amalgamations of, of voices, Right. Um, And addressing those amalgamations in more specific ways is necessary for the next round of engagement online. What this means is that you need more flexible commerce technology. And so we may be full circle here. Um, it's, It's time to step out of like the sea of sameness that that SaaS has given us. And find ways and have technology that's flexible enough to go after more iterations more quickly across and, and serve more complex needs and purchasing flows. Because we all well, buy differently. <laughs> ex- yes, exactly. I mean, I've talked about the chaos at the edge. In fact, I just gave a um, – I actually spoke at, a, at, a, at another platforms conference in Poland. Um, and, and my whole, my whole concept though, was, was this, uh, the theme was, was actually fractals, right? Because I see every platform, every solution, depending on your uh, terminology, you know, it, you know, build, builds for, builds for the, the, you know, the, 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 the widest audience that it can responsibly without going against type or getting too complex. But at the end of the day, the only way that 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 those experiences become a, a, at all authentic or actually really fit the the requirements at hand are with the sort of the chaotic engagement and and something you could never predict or control. Uh, you know, from our perspective as an OEM, but but you just you basically put the tools out there and the people come and then they they make it all they make it all sort of slot in and work together. It's a beautiful, it's, beautiful thing. I think. Speaking of tools, this is where AI is essential in this. In this, because one of the things that's been really challenging in the past for addressing the speed at which the market changes and the and the narrative that's like constantly shifting, or the, the multiple narratives that are necessary, is that it's been very expensive and almost cost prohibitive to do this. Um, the tools, like it was, a, it was a challenge. To, to be able to go address multiple markets in multiple ways and do it in a cohesive way that wasn't going to just destroy your your costs. And AI is now affording us opportunities to go be more responsive and create copy and create campaigns and create front ends that are uh, set up to address these multiple um, groups and and to get into the AI study we released a little bit. This is this is coming. It's three out of four companies plan to more spend. Uh, I think it was like triple their AI budgets next year. Um, yep. It's yep. Um, the 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 investment yep. that's coming for AI is massive. You need if you're listening to this and you have a brand or you're an agency or you're a tech company, you need to have a strategy around AI in some way. This is not flash in the pan stuff. There probably is a little bit of a hype train in some in some respects, but but it's it's not the same kind of hype train that we saw with like 
like NFTs or PWA. Yeah, some, yeah, exactly. Some of the other things that like this is actually transformative technology that's showing like it's, real results immediately. Yeah, it's fu- function functionally um, iterative, right? So I mean, yes. this is and, and you yes. know, we we've seen this, right? And and and, and you know, and, and it's it's interesting though because it took you know AI. It, it, AI is just such a gross, and I mean gross, and kind of almost a literal, like the the the, the literal sense of uh, it's sort of indelicately large, right? As a catch-all phrase, but um, AI, I'll use it bluntly here. You know, this is you've, you've got companies that have been doing machine learning. And I was just talking with uh, Jim Lofgren about this on a previous episode, yeah. uh, but you know, you had you had businesses that were doing machine learning for a long time. So, like your 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 search, in, you know, intelligent search, um, personalization. These companies have been in this space for now almost a decade, really taking large data sets and trying to build you know build better and better responses, interactions, whatever. Then, then it but it takes something like. GPT yes. <laughs> to come out, GPT four. So ChatGPT comes out, and then all of a sudden you have the you have the thing that really kicks us over into the next That's right. era, the natural language interface into all of this stuff. And what we know is that, uh, like, again, you know, shopware space has been interesting in this because we because of our approach and because of how we're built, how we operate, we were able to build um, AI Copilot and release it in May. Yes. So like not even, I was there for the release. That, the, the, your, your, you were there, you were there in, uh, in, in <laughs> yeah. and, and it was, and it was, uh, even I was shocked at what we had built, it, but it wasn't shocked because of like, Oh great. Now we get to hype ourselves in this right. way. But no, it was because like, Hey, this is actually the meaningful transformation, um, that, that, that I would expect AI to have in our space. Like it's going to help operations. It's going to take people, their day-to-day jobs yes. is going to help them do what they do even better. And then that becomes their new working expectation. That's correct. Just like we keep iterating on consumers, they change their expectations. So it's not just that, I mean, I'm glad that we were haha, first to market and still, I think basically the only meaningful platform yes. in the market with this, yeah. but our, you know, our, the other, the other solutions, they're going to have this. This is going to be that's the right. new normal. And that's not just an e-commerce. It's going to be all throughout the whole, your whole commerce operating environment, you know, warehouse management, PIM, all this other stuff. And then in, you know, and then everything else in our lives, how we get our media, all of this stuff going to be colored by this. So it's really important that we pay attention. And we did a survey together about that's this. That's right. right. Yeah. And I think you can still, can people still get that survey? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Gen a, uh, futurecommerce.com forward slash Gen AI report. Um, or forward slash okay. forward slash Gen AI uh, should get you there. Gen yep, cool. and um, you you mentioned people like seeing results. They're already seeing results. So nine of ten people surveyed were already using it, and uh, three out of five reported a uh, three out of five in total. So it's actually almost like it's it's a higher percentage of the ones that are using it saw uh, already yeah. saw already measurable increase in productivity as a result of using. Generative, generative AI solutions. That is wild. There's, we just saw the the release and you know the growth of this in the in the past year, like less than a year. Um, and when we did the survey, it was like the summer, early summer. We're talking like June when we yeah. ran the survey, and this is this is the impact that we're seeing already. And this is just like in early use cases as well. Like seventy three percent were already were using it in content creation for commerce. Um, 60%, it was omni-channel marketing. Uh, 52% in um, 
Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. That was uh, relevant use cases. Current use cases was 61% were using it in content creation and 36% were using it in customer feedback slash collaboration. So the, 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 uh, the, the, the use cases are just scratching the surface. We've got a lot more yeah. things that this is going to be applied towards. And, I, and like you said, the implementations you guys did and released uh, as a first mover were off the charts. Like it's, it was so impressive to get a demo and play around with it in your platform. I was blown away. Yeah, we're and we're um, you know, we've 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 got a lot of our attention focused on that. It's not our sole focus. Um, and, and again, I'm not I'm not even pretending that the, the shop we're the only people doing right. this. Everyone's doing this. And I hope I hope everyone does it well, because at the end of the day, the operations folks, the the end consumers are all going to win by, you know, more efficient, more efficient delivery of service, better quality of service. Um and a, a more enjoyable, meaningful uh, buying experience. Now, I've, I've, I've got to start to wrap ah, this up here. Um, sheesh. So I, so I, I, I want to ask yeah. you though. So we, I think we've covered. We've, we've. I've, I've probably promoted you all better than I've promoted <laughs> anyone else on a, on, yes. this, on this podcast so far. <laughs> and it's it's all it's all organic, folks. Um, twenty twenty four. So I've been having a lot of discussions about uh, with with folks who are now. <laughs> maybe breathing a sigh of relief, maybe still have a little tightness in the chest, looking back at 2023, especially on the heels of 21 and 22, 2024. What do the folks at, uh, what do you or the folks at future commerce see? What do you think 2024 is going to look like from an economic perspective? <laughs> yeah, we could, we could say that or just, you know, I mean, it's, it's all economics. At the end it is all economics. That's true. Uh, that's yeah. Going. But, but yeah, but, but, but so interesting. Know, I mean, it, it could be just, mentality or one of the things that I was talking to uh, one of our recurring guests at future commerce, Chris Gosser, who's from a company called Shipium about, uh, about this very thing. And he was talking about in the context of shipping software, but actually beyond that, we kind of went a little bit further. And one of the things that we saw recently was there were a lot of up and coming uh, brands and direct to consumer companies, but also like large large traditional retail and, and brands that thought that they understand they understood how to run direct consumer uh, and build e-com channels, right? And run e-com. Um, but what that really meant was the person in charge of technology had a whole bunch of money because it was the zero interest rate phenomenon era, ZERP era. And, they yep. could invest pretty much, you know, pretty freely, uh, and and VC could dump money in, and you know, budgets were flowing around technology in retail and commerce. And as a result, some of these legacy retailers uh, and some of these new companies thought that they were technology companies, and they decided to go invest heavily in like engineering teams and have all of these like <laughs> features that they were going to custom build and custom build the, the differentiator. Um, and, and th their instincts were not wrong around having things to be differentiators. But the problem was they had no idea how to get there. And often what ended up happening was yeah. technology teams were just built for the sake of technology teams or really for the career of whoever was leading them. <laughs> um, 
And <laughs> we were so I'm, I'm just I'm, this is so funny because I was literally just on a call with my buddy uh, <laughs> Isaiah Bollinger over at Trellis, um, and and Jason and Jason, yeah, yeah. Our, our our US our president yeah. and general manager, uh, exact same point came up exact same point and so what you're seeing in some of these companies is massive inefficiency that could be replaced by software that can be customized it like you could achieve the same results you were looking for but using software as a starting point right uh let, let us, you know, let us, let us be, let us be your, it's kind of your boots, bootstrap your right. product team. I, mean, I realize it's not bootstrap if you buy it, but bootstrap product team. But as long as, as long as your solution is flexible enough, then you That's can right. innovate in the directions that you need to. And you don't have to, you don't have to bring in this kind of institutional knowledge that you have no business internalizing anyway. Right. And so I'll, I'll bring up an example with in the, the guilty guilty will be kept innocent here, but like there was a really big <laughs> cla- like classic uh, automaker <laughs> that had a direct to consumer department. <laughs> and yeah. this like direct to consumer department, direct to consumer on, on you know, e-com like e-com <laughs> had like over 200 yeah. people in it. And I, some, I, I knew someone who went in, that understood how to do e-com and was like, yeah, this is crazy. He cut 60 plus percent of the staff because the, the tools are out there to provide the foundations that they were trying to build on legacy technology that they thought they had to use. Um, yeah. The opportunity right now, I think is to, for, for a lot of these brands and retailers is to, in 2024 is to get to get lean before you customize and build that multiplayer future. Because if you try to do it on technology, that's going to hamper you. You need to know what the right stack is to go build that future. Um, And if you're doing it all in house, all on legacy stuff, you're not going to be able to get there. And for some of you, you're doing it on SaaS software that doesn't give you the flexibility to get there either. Um, so if you've hit a certain maturity point in your business or you didn't innovate in the right way, there's going to be opportunity to innovate in a smart way in 2024. That's going to be the most cost effective way to do it. So there's, you're saying that there is a, you know, there's, I won't, I won't say necessarily a SAS ceiling. Cause again, I don't want to paint with too broad a brushstroke, but basically no. there can be a technical ceiling. And if you want to get lean in 2024, you, you, you or if you want to get green in 2024, you got to get lean. You got to get lean in the right way. I think that's the key here is yeah. like, if you're feeling the, the, the growing pains and you are hitting the limit of, of your SaaS platform or the limit of your legacy technology, there are better ways forward to go, you know, build a, build a brand that's future-proofed. Yeah. We, we like to say, oh, that's, that's, that's a, that's a, that's an excellent take. And we like to say, you know, one, you know, if you, 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 you can't, you can't rest on your laurels and remain future-proof. So we like right. to say, you know, if you're going to, the best way to be future-proof is to effectively just be inventing the future. And that is, yes. I think a good place to leave it with my friend, Brian Lang from future commerce. I love I, that. Uh, you know, give old give give old Phil Winkle Jackson uh, a hug next time you see him for me. And uh, I will I'm in Miami. Forward you coming to, to Miami? I uh, I am not 
Oh wait, no, I I could come to Miami. You should come. Oh, to I'll Miami. have to think about that. I'll have okay, to think about Ben's that off the podcast. Hey, <laughs> Ben's coming to Miami. We'll see. We'll see what Tracy has to say about that. Um, Tracy's but, coming to Miami know, folks, too. I, again. <laughs> she may she may want the break, you know, folks. It's been uh, again, it's been a pleasure to have my friend Brian Lang from Future Commerce on the podcast, uh, and I also have to say that I think we're we'll be working on some 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 really cool stuff together. Let's uh, go for the next year. But regardless, take the time. Go over to futurecommerce.com, mash any subscribe button, enter unpaid, all your paid. Addresses. Future Commerce Learning. We just launched Future Commerce Learning. It's it's amazing. Ah, uh, yeah, no, Ooh. congratulations. We should probably have a whole podcast we should, about we should that. Have that. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, this has been another. This has been another great, uh, just a great conversation here on Commerce Famous Podcast. Uh, always feel free to send me suggestions if you'd like to hear from someone, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Ben. <laughs>